Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. So you wanna be hardcore with your hat to the back, talking about the gaps in your raps, but I can't feel that hardcore appeal that you're screaming. Maybe I'm dreaming. This ain't Christopher Williams, still some empty. Got the feel one, cats, I got the feel some. To let niggas know that if you fuck with big and heavy, I get up in that ass like a wedgie. Says who says me? The lyrical niggas saying Biggie off the street, it's a miracle. Left the drugs alone, took the thugs alone with me. Just for niggas acting shifty, sticks and stones, red bones, but they gotta kill you quicker. Especially when I'm drunk off the liquor, smoking drunk by the boxes, packing glasses, natural to eat your niggas like shotguns. The fuck, baby. And welcome to episode 33 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Matt McChesney, coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Football Academy, 6-0 Strength and Fitness down here in Centennial. Check out the website, 6-0Strength.com, and remember, this place is the bridge to your big goals. That's what we do here. You guys set big goals, and we go get them. Um, we've got a variety of different athletes in here from women's soccer players going to Indiana State on full rides to, uh, you know, number one player in Colorado, Reese Atterbury, who just slimmed down his recruiting to his top 10. And, you know, Cole Taylor, who's a big four-star tight end, who's got 27 offers now after starting the program with none, just like Reese. Uh, to uh, many members of the, the Denver Dream that come in here and, and try and learn and get better and, uh, and train. To, of course, uh, a ton of pro athletes and your Denver Broncos who uh, were in here the other day getting the, the, the mental work done. So we are playing uh, chess next year and never checkers. That's a bad thing on the football field. Episode 33 is going to kick ass today. we got a lot of information to get through here uh, at, as we roll. <clears throat> um, look, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss regarding the Broncos, and that'll be at the end of the show. So we're going to get through... Some of the other stuff pretty quick. Uh, first and foremost, <clears throat> little Dungeon Family recruiting update. Uh, we've got multiple guys going down to the Arizona spring game this week. Jason Ram, Mason Maddox. Mason Maddox is going to be an unbelievable center guard out of the state of Colorado. He's only going to be a junior. Really, really good hips and hands. Multiple guys going out to Nebraska spring game from Braden Wood uh, to uh, Joe Carroll. Uh, and many others that they were all, we had a bunch of Dungeon family out there last week um, for spring game practices and junior days, and now we got guys going out uh, to visit Nebraska's spring game. Uh, Harrison Miller is going out to Ohio State for their, Ohio State for their spring game. Uh, Missouri's spring game uh, will be uh, attended by Max Marsh and his dad, Sean. Max is a big quarterback over at Eden Press's played at Grand Junction. Uh, Coach Walters, who I played with at CU, uh, Coach Davis invited Max out. So that, that's pretty cool that they got eyes on uh, a Max down there in Columbia. Uh, and then next week, starting Tuesday, 
Uh, man, I've already booked about 35 coaches on the docket, on the schedule to come in and start talking about next year's group and the, and the year after. And, you know, as, as one uh, chapter folds and, and guys start leaving for college, uh, another year begins and we're rolling. So, uh, you know, look, this is the bridge. This is what we do here, 60strength.com. Check it out at 60academy on Twitter and Instagram. And if, if you want to play, if you are starving for knowledge, if you really love this shit, Get your ass into 6-0 and let's go chase your big goals. That's what we do here. From scale athletes to quarterbacks to big guys to, to specialists, it doesn't matter. We do it all. We teach long snapping to pass protection. I mean, everything that you can think about. Um, you know, a couple of guys, we'll just tell you a quick story. Two cats that, that uh, actually three uh, cats that early enrolled this year. Uh, Alec Pell, who... Uh, is at CU as an outside linebacker, a really, really good football player from Cherry Creek. Uh, and then Austin Johnson, uh, who played at Highlands Ranch, who early enrolled at CU, who's getting a lot of run with the ones right now, actually, uh, moving in as they go through spring ball, moving into the spring game. And, and then Alex Padilla, who's a quarterback at Iowa. And both Austin and Alex both took to the board work and the film and buying into – the protection schemes and how it's done and what you're looking at, how the defense is aligning and how they operate so we can best take advantage of it offensively. And I, I always say I have my master's degree in football because I play both ways in the NFL, man. I, I got moved after my second season uh, with the Jets. They asked me if I wanted to play defense or if I wanted a job. And it was a pretty easy answer. I wanted a job and I want to play ball. Uh, the trench is the trench. So I got moved. And I really started learning football at that point. Beforehand, I was just a one-gap or two-gap defensive lineman and doing my job and playing hard. When I got moved, it opened my eyes to what it really is, understanding pass protection. First of all, if you can't, as a player, especially a quarterback and an offensive lineman, if you can't look at, you know, at a formation. I'm in my studio right now watching Cincinnati and Denver from last year. And right when the film pops up, you know, that's – 11, three by one under Sam Stack. You know, the safety's rolling down to create a fence look at the second level. Uh, that's going to be a, a three-man Lee slide left or Ray, depending on where the mic is. Where's the squeeze gap? How do we run power out of this? How do we run zone out of this? What are all the different terminology? What is, what is a, you know, what does pirate mean? What does robber mean? What does Tampa mean? Look, if you're being told as a young player, especially high school and college players, that you don't need to know this information because it doesn't apply to what you're doing currently, you are being conned and terribly coached. In the age of information, gentlemen, ignorance is a choice. So if you choose to be stupid and only know your position, that's your choice. If you choose to play checkers, you're probably going to be licking the window pretty soon too. We play chess here. I want my guy smart. And that's one thing I can say about Padilla Primarily as a quarterback, I've never worked with someone that's smarter than that kid. I mean, for the two years we worked together, it, it, was, it was like clockwork. He never missed appointments. He was always here. He was a great leader for his guys. Carson, Mike, Alex, they all picked it up really, really fast, and everybody started working together, and it led them all the way to the state title game. So, look, man, uh, Austin Johnson, early enrolling at CU, what he's done, the ability to go up there. I was up there last week listening to Coach Cap, who I think is incredible, by the way. And we'll, we're going to do a lot more on CU on episode 34 because we'll, we'll talk about the spring game. But listening to Coach Cap after the practice, bring them up and say things like, 
you know, uh, this son bitch right here just got here and, and he, he knows more than everybody. He's answering questions in the meeting room and he's doing everything correctly and he's more vocal and he's out here running with the ones as a true freshman who should still be in high school. Austin should still be in this room with all the rest of his cronies in that in incredibly deep offensive line group last year that included Drake Nugent, Bear Miller, both going to Stanford on full rides, Jake Wiley, who's going to see you with, uh, with Austin, uh, Colin Lavell's going to North Dakota. Jackson Hoops is going to Shadron. Um, let's see, who, who am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting, guys. Uh, Reese Atterbury, obviously, he's got a ton of offers. He's put his top ten out. He's only a junior. Carson's only a junior. Big Mike Lynn's going to Nebraska. Aiden Collins going to Colorado State. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Hayden Eisenhart's going to Air Force. You know, that's another great story that we'll tell one of these days. But look, man. I don't care who you work with. If you want to work with 15 different people, just buy in and bust your ass. You know, they're, in my opinion, trying to control and restrain a young athlete is the wrong way. Let the kids set the market, man. If this place didn't work, they wouldn't fucking come here. And that's a fact. So guys like Padilla and Austin Johnson, Alec Pell, they enrolled early and did it right. Just because the other guys didn't enroll early doesn't mean anything. They did it right, too. Pierce Hawley is another quarterback out of here. They're going to Georgetown this year. I'm meeting with the Georgetown's coaching staff when they come in next week, starting to talk to them about Kyle Remington, you know, and, and everything that the big Mullen quarterback brings to the table, that gunslinger over there. So, look, take it upon yourself as a young player to do you. If you're being told not to do something or you're being controlled by a coach or a trainer or whoever, Man, break the chains of control and go do you. That's bullshit. Why are they trying to control you? Because you might learn something and get better somewhere else. Man, we don't control here, all right? We break chains and say, go. I'd rather say, whoa, than sick them every day. And if you don't know what that means, you're behind the eight ball already. All right, so moving forward here. <clears throat> McChesney Unchained, episode 33, Rolls. Uh, Wearbands, and my good friend Dan down there at Wearbands, brings you our uh, Wearbands Quick Step. The Wearbands doc go to Wearbands.com and remember the promo code 6020 for 20% off any and all product. It's a great system uh, for force production off the floor. It forces dorsiflexion of the toe. Uh, lateral athletes, which is everyone, if you push off the inside of your foot, it, it, it cuts down on false steps. It cuts down on... Leaning forward because it forces you erect through your through your chest and shoulders. It forces you to really, really activate your, your lower abdominals as well as your upper abdominals. It forces great knee drive and cycle when you when you dorsiflex flex your toe and cycle through. Uh, it's an incredible product. Check out wearbands.com. I've got damn near everybody in the dungeon family down here in a set, and we will continue that as well. Um, yeah, check it out. We've got them on site here, with, and you can get $20 discount on site. Or, of course, go to wearbands.com and use the promo code 6020. All right, number one, uh, UVA beats Texas Tech in overtime, and it's fitting that it was in overtime. One hell of a title game. Great defense. Um, I, I thought March Madness was kick-ass once again. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of regular season college basketball, and I, I hate the postseason tournaments. I think they're irrelevant, but whatever. Uh, it is what it is, but it all sets up and, 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 and you know, Really comes to a head at the end of the year with an unbelievable tournament with 68 teams. And I hope that college football is watching this, understanding that if they go to five 16-team conferences like I think they should, there, there it is. You don't need the NCAA anymore, and you can start doing right by your players, so on and so forth. That's a different conversation. UVA beats Texas Tech in overtime. I thought it was awesome that you know Texas Tech and, and Virginia were two first-time uh, programs in the national title game for the first time since Magic and Bird played 
uh, in, in the Indiana State-Michigan State finale in 1979, almost 40 years ago, or damn near 40 years ago, was 40 years ago. Uh, so I, I thought that the title game was very entertaining. You know, it's essentially you know, there's two superstars. There's one on Virginia and one on Texas Tech. The, the Collier kid and then the Harris kid, I think, is the other guy. I don't know. I could be wrong. Those two seem like they're going to make it to the NBA and the other guys are going to be playing at the YMCA. But that's what it is, is what college basketball is. Uh, two very veteran-laden teams that play great defense. Um, you know, Virginia lost to a 16th seed last year, and they were down to Gardner-Webb this year at the beginning of that game by 14, who was another 16 at the beginning of this year's first-round matchup. So for them to pull out of that hole and win a national title, it, it kicks ass. So it, it's just a, a testament to their toughness and fortitude and UVA not freaking out and firing everybody after a 16-team you know, beats a one. It was bound to happen eventually. So, congratulations to Virginia, and uh, next up is the draft, and we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm sure that Zion Williamson will go first, and to be honest with you, um, you know, the, the Nets, the Nets, the Knicks or the Lakers will probably end up with that pick, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, uh, Magic Johnson has stepped down, said he wants to focus on having fun, doesn't like the people he works with, and... You know, he understands how hard the job is there in L.A. with the Lakers, and he wants to be revered and, and looked at as the guy that helped them win five championships, not the guy that couldn't figure out a way to win with LeBron. Um, I'm excited about the playoffs this year, mainly because of the Nuggets. I, I grew up a huge Warrior fan with, hey, fucking Chris Mullen, huh? Chris Mullen actually stepped down to St. John's. That's a sad day. But I, I, I loved Golden State when I was a kid. I can't stand them now because, you know, there's – I don't know why. I don't care that they stack the deck. That doesn't mean shit to me. I just don't know why I don't like them. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to watch. Uh, I love the fact that the Nuggets made it. But if you're Magic Johnson, having LeBron out of the playoffs sucks. Not having LeBron James in the NBA playoffs, is, it's shitty. He might as well be hurt. It sucks. He's a healthy scratch, and that's terrible. You know, to, to think that the Lakers are in worse shape than the Cavs, because the Cavs are going to be a top three draft-picking team this year, too. But they were in the finals last year and many years before that because of LeBron. LeBron went to the Lakers, and they just fell off a cliff after he got hurt. They were in the four seed when he got hurt, and now they're on the outside looking in, and now Magic's gone. If I'm LeBron, I'm getting the fuck out of L.A. as fast as humanly possible and going back to the East Coast. I got to go back to the Eastern Conference so he can be a one or a two seed again, and he can consistently play in the finals against whichever Western Conference team survives out of that gauntlet because, God almighty, it is deep. Um, it's just better with LeBron in, and honestly, I hope he leaves L.A. and goes back either to the East Coast, goes to the Knicks, or goes back to Cleveland, or goes to my, I don't really give a shit where he goes. He's his own brand. He could be the, you know, the, 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 I don't know, go to, go to Oklahoma City. I, mean, I know it's in the West, it's in, in, the, in the West, but at the same time, Oklahoma City looks like they've got some depth and a chance. He went to a team that has shit, and nobody wants to go there. Luke Walton's got to be gone. So look, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but having LeBron in the playoffs is better than having LeBron out of them. Um, <clears throat> okay, so the Nuggets uh, get a win last night against the Timberwolves team that didn't have any of their stars, and, and they, they did it in, in convincing fashion. Um, and they secured the two seed, and that's great. I'm glad that they did it. You know, Coach Malone has got these guys rolling. Jamal Murray is a freak. Um, I love the Joker. I think he's a great player. But I'm nervous as shit about the Spurs. And I'm nervous about the Spurs because Greg Popovich and, and playoff basketball is different. It's just different. And the Nuggets have, 
You know, I'm not going to say they've struggled. They haven't been struggling like the Rockies. The Rockies have lost 9 of 10. I mean, Jesus. But the, the, the Nugs, it's an experience thing. And San Antonio has a ton of it. And DeMar DeRozan has had a ton of experience in the Eastern Conference getting out of the first round. You know, Aldridge is a really good uh, stretch 4-5 for San Antonio. and It's going to be a problem for the Joker. San Antonio is a really good basketball team, but Popovich is the difference here. I'm, I'm hoping that the Nuggets aren't wowed by being in the playoffs. I hope that they can handle the scene because this is a perfect series for San Antonio to beat Denver, and that's going to be terrible. It will essentially wipe away the, the joy of having the two seed and being in a, in a position where you have first round game sevens at home where you kick ass. You have home court advantage in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Essentially, if Golden State gets beat, you are hosting the Western Conference Game 7 uh, in the finals if you can make it there. Getting through San Antonio is a great test, and I'm hoping, I'm ho- I almost hope that they go 6 or 7 and then win because it gets them ready for the, the gauntlet that's in front of them, which is maybe having to beat the Thunder in 7, maybe having to beat the Rockets in 7, beating the Warriors in 7. I love what the Nuggets have done. Um, when they get old boy from Missouri that they, they drafted last year back healthy, he's going to be a freak. And my question, and I'll end the Nugget talk on this, and I'm going to ask my boy Josh Dover about this too because uh, he's the, the number one Nugget insider, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan Harris is uh, uh, co-host over there on Altitude. Ryan was on episode 32, which kicked ass. Make sure you go and, and listen to that. You can go on the iTunes platform and see all the shows in the past. Ryan's episode was awesome. But Dover... You know, Dover will be my my guy that I bounce this off off of. What's keeping LeBron from coming to Denver? And if he did, could they run with Golden State and beat them in seven? I don't know. I'll answer that question on episode 34. All right. So, next. Uh, You know, my man Andre is going to help me out here. But I want to talk to you about Nick Saban and some of the comments he was making at the beginning of the week about guys leaving early for the draft. So, my man Andre is going to get that clip in here and just listen to what Nick had to say about guys leaving. And I know he's pro-NFL, and I'm, I'm pro-NFL. Shit, I run a business that works with tons of NFL guys trying to get guys there. And I, I'm a member of, that, uh, member of that union. I have six years vested in the National Football League. It's hard to get your vest. I'm a full member of the, of the players' union. There's a lot of guys that played a lot of football that aren't. And that's okay, too. That doesn't mean you didn't play. Just be real. I think you know what I'm talking about. Neither here nor there. So, let's just move forward. So, Nick Saban came out and said this on ESPN at the beginning of the week. Listen to what he has to say, and then we'll get into it. I don't know. I've heard – I don't really look at it. I've heard 135 guys. I had 142 guys went out early for the draft. Uh, I do know there's some pretty compelling stats out there about guys going out early for the draft. Uh, I think in the last five years, not counting this year, there's been 380 players or thereabouts go out early for the draft, and 25% of those guys didn't even get drafted. And another 25% weren't on a team in three years. So that means 50% of the guys that went out early for the draft had failed careers. But if you look at the number of guys that were first and second round draft picks, there were very few guys that have failed careers. Now we have guys that have no draft grades, seventh round grades, free agent grades, fifth round grades, that are going out for the draft. And, you know, the person that loses in that is the player. Um, you know, you got your third-round draft pick, and we had one here last year. I'm not mentioning any names. Um, goes and starts for his team, so he's making third-round money, which is not that great. 
be the first guy taken in his position this year probably and make 15, 18 million dollars more. So the agent makes out, the club makes out, now they got a guy that going to play for that kind of money for three more years. Right? And everybody's out there saying, well, get to your next contract. Well, there's obviously a pretty 50% of these guys are never getting to a next contract. Uh, and that doesn't mean all the rest of them got to one either. So uh, it's the culture and it's the trend. All right, so that was Nick Saban right there talking about guys leaving early and he's got eight cats leaving this year uh, for the NFL early. And some of them aren't even projected to be first or second round picks. This is the way I feel about this. If you're a first or second or third round grade and you want to leave, leave. Um, I think it's really easy for Nick Saban and, and the clout he has and the bank account he has to sit there and say you should stay in school and not chase your dream and the money. I think if you're projected as a draft pick or you believe in yourself big time, you should leave. But you have to do it in an educated way. You can't just throw caution to the wind. This is your career. If you want to solve this problem in total, start paying these kids. It's already as, hip as hypocritical as it can possibly be. The coaches make bank. The, broad, the, you know, the TV networks make bank. The schools make bank. And the guys doing all the fucking work don't get anything but a stipend check and free education. I'll pay for my education if I actually get my piece of the pie. Trust me, I'll gladly pay for it. I'll, shit, I'll throw 10% on just because you're giving me my money. The players are the ones that earn. The players are the ones that sweat. The players are the ones that bleed. The players are the ones that have to walk around with the, the, the trauma of playing five years of college football. You know, I've got several friends, myself included, that have injuries from college that Colorado's not accountable for. The NCAA is not accountable for that shit. I am. And yes, I do think we should have lifetime health care, and I do think we should be able to go back to our universities and get help because they're the ones that were there. Trying to develop young men, as everyone says. You know, you can't expect a set, an 18, 19-year-old kid to be aware of what's going on. Being a little naive when you're young is part of being young. So, that you know, the institutions have got to do a better job of putting money in the pocket of these kids because it's all about earning potential. And as an athlete, 18 or six, 15, 16 to 30 is your earning potential. Anything past 30 is icing on the cake. They're cutting three to five years out of your earning potential. So how can Nick Saban get mad at kids and say that you shouldn't leave? Give them a reason to stay. Why would you stay if you have the ability to go to the league? Perfect example. Sam Jones last year, Arizona State, okay? Went there, redshirted, played as a redshirt, started as a redshirt freshman, played really well as a redshirt sophomore, was an all-conference player as a redshirt junior and a leader and a guy who's on draft boards. Our conversation was simple. Sam, do you want it? Do you have your degree? Yes. Done. Okay. Do you want to develop in the National Football League after you get drafted? Or do you want to go back to Arizona State and run the risk of getting hurt and having it blow up in your face? It could go the other way, too. He could go back and get, you know, be a first-round draft pick. He decided to bet on himself. He went out. He got drafted by the Broncos. He was on the active roster all year. He got to develop. After leaving early, that's a success story. On the other side of the coin, it's not, a, it's not not successful. Dalton Reiser last year, talking to him on the phone probably 15 times. Dalton's one, one of my boys, great kid. Going to get drafted this year high. I hope he comes to Denver. I know they brought him in for an interview. He actually gets back to Colorado on the 18th, and he'll be here at 6-0 grinding. It was real simple. Dalton, my shoulder's a little messed up. I need to get it fixed. Okay, go back, get your degree, get your shoulder fixed, 
and you need to go back to school next year. So it's about the advice you're getting and do the people actually give a shit about you or do they just want to get some money? Do the agents, are the agents, do they believe in you or not? Everyone, the agents work for you. They are taking 3% of your contract, dummies. Quit letting them dictate your future. They're supposed to give you advice. They're not supposed to give you commands. So, looking at that, I can't tell you how many guys just run 40s and do 5105s and Ls and never look at tape. And then they go to these workouts and they're not ready. They're not ready for what they've been walking into. They're not ready to get on the board. They can't align. They don't know what 10 2x2 means. They have no idea what I4 means. They don't know what 21 is. They don't know what tight and heavy is. They don't know what a squeeze gap is. They've been playing checkers. We play chess. The NFL plays chess. So, it, it, when it all comes full circle, it's about the advice you're getting. Do you trust the people in your circle? Are the people that have coached you and, and that, that care about you, are they actually giving you good advice or are they doing something to suit themselves? And then can you go to your head coach in college and actually ask this, ask this question? And is he going to be honest? Most guys should go back to school, but some guys need to leave. And when it's ready, you got to swing your hammer. So, you know, it, it can go both ways, man. It's not always going to work out. But look, one of the reasons 40% of the National Football League is 1AA, D2, and undrafted players is because the evaluation process is fucked up and we don't play football in underwear. We play football in armor. So when it comes down to it, it's all about when they turn on the, the tape, can you play or can't you? Real, real simple. All right, episode 33 here rolls on as we talk here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Coming to you from 6-0 Studios at 6-0 Strength and Fitness, or as we've dubbed it, the 6-0 Football Academy down here in Centennial. Check it out at 6-0 Academy on Twitter and Instagram for any and all information. And to see the Dungeon family shining, they've had today off because of the storm. Give them a little time to get their feet up, and we're back in here at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And then Saturday we'll be in, and then we're also in 5 a.m. Tuesday rolling, and we've got several coaches in coming in next week to get eyes on the Dungeon family. Gentlemen, if you're listening, I need resumes. I don't work at FedEx or Kinko's. You need to bring me 10 to 20 copies. Actually care about what you're putting on it. It's your football resume. Thank you. All right, so we roll. And the NFL and Broncos banter is presented to you by our friends at NeuroXPF.com. Look, NeuroXPF.com, they make an incredible product. My man Kyle Turley is the tip of the spear on this. Um... To be completely honest with you, I think that NeuroXPF has changed my life, and I know it's changed a lot of the lives of the guys in the room uh, that it has helped. It's an incredible product. You can get it here at 6-0 on site or go to NeuroXPF.com. Now, moving forward, they bring you our NFL and our uh, Broncos banter. Number one, the Jets uniforms. Okay, so um, the Jets. What are you doing? I mean, I played for the Jets, okay? And I'm upset. Their black ones are, they're okay, I guess. I'm not going to sit here and say they're good by any means, but they're okay. I mean, they're okay for a, for a changeup, for an alternate. Uh, but the greens and the whites are disgustingly terrible. I mean, you might as well just wear a trash can. Get the paper bag back out and sit back down. I mean, shit, man. I played for the Jets for three years, and I think they have one of the most classic, cleanest uniforms. 
And then they go out and do this shit. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. It's terrible. So the Jets have absolutely, totally shit all over themselves here. I think their uniform choice is um, absolutely hideous. The blacks are decent. Everything else, yeah, I give that shit two thumbs down. All right? Number two, uh, Aaron Rodgers, okay? Um, and, I'll, and I'll ask this question, all right? We'll ask this question on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Here coming to you from 6-0 Studios at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. I am your host, Matt McChesney, as always. And we'll ask this simple question. And is Aaron Rodgers an awful teammate, or is everyone soft? That's my question. Because it seems to me that anybody in today's society that doesn't agree with the weakest-minded person in the room, that they get dubbed as being difficult or a bad teammate. You know, nobody can play with LeBron because they're too sensitive. Nobody can play with... Peyton because he was too demanding. Guys don't want to play with Aaron Rodgers because he has a standard and he's kind of a prick. You know, just because just because he has a standard and he's kind of a prick and he's not willing to conform to the ideals and the the way of thinking of the weak-minded and the guys that just want everything handed to him. How would you expect him to to deal with those guys? He has nothing in common with them. It's like. I have nothing in common with guys that are lazy and entitled and just want shit handed to them. I have nothing in common with them. Therefore, I don't know how they think or why, the, why they think that way. Therefore, I want nothing to do with them. I don't want them in my business. I don't want them around me. I don't want to help them. Nick Saban has said it many times, going back to Nick. He has nothing in common with lazy people. He has nothing in common with those who don't know how to work and grind. Everybody gets the same 24 hours. What are you going to do with it? Aaron Rodgers has had a hard time getting along with people in the past because most people are soft as baby shit. David Bakhtiari is his left tackle. David has nothing but good things to say about A-Rod because David's an alpha and a fucking pro, and he wants to win. You know, all this negativity focused at Aaron Rodgers because he wants guys to play at a high level is so terrible. I mean, it's just absolute bullshit. So, oh, hey, first offer's off the board from my man Dylan Holt. Just came in on the wire there. My man Dylan Holt getting his first offer from Northern Colorado after spending two years at a, a Pima a Community College. Uh, their place folded. Dylan walked in, needed help. Bam, free school for you, Holt. Uh, and Dylan is going to play strong safety probably in college. He played wide receiver uh, here in high school and then played wide receiver at Pima. It's all about how you project. And, uh, and Dylan just bagged number one. Just uh, just saw it on Twitter, and I'm damn proud of you, Dylan Holt. That's awesome. I'm sure that's a great moment for you and your pops. So Dylan Holt gets off for number one as we're rolling here on episode 33. So look, back to Aaron Rodgers. This is the way I think. The NFL, 6-0, you know, college football, places where there's alpha mentality and dudes, you know, are not afraid to be themselves. They're not afraid to have the warrior mentality. They're not conforming to the rest of the soft-ass fucking hypocritical world that wants everybody to be equal and it's Blue Ribbon League and, you know, everyone's feelings are really, really high on the barometer of things we care about. I don't give a shit about your feelings. We're trying to win. We're competing. This is wartime in this motherfucker. So you either sink or swim at 6-0. You either sink or swim in the NFL. You either sink or swim at quality college football programs because in society, you either sink or swim. People try and crush you in the small business world. I'll tell you the story one day. But my partners, I mean, my partners quit on me in 40 days when I opened this place. 40! 
and then spread rumors. I'm a drug addict and I'm this and I'm that and I don't do business and I don't really help people and I'm going to close. That was my favorite one. Everybody telling me I'm going to close from my competitors to just hearing it on the street. Bitch, we are rolling. We are more successful than we've ever been. You can't stop this train. There ain't no brakes on this motherfucker. This is like the this is like the back to the future train, bitch. I'll elevate off the tracks and fly over your head. You can't stop shit you have no control over. I control this hustle. Individually, each kid has to understand you can either be Aaron Rodgers here or you can have the Mike McCarthy mindset of, oh, well, they're talking bad about me. I never got a massage in media. I never let... Bro, there's a reason you got fired. Because you weren't listening and weren't communicating with the alpha in the room. Aaron Rodgers isn't wrong. Tom Brady isn't wrong. You know, my favorite thing about, my favorite story about Tom Brady is Lonnie Paxton told me this. They had Odalius Thomas, who was an unbelievable pass rusher, came from Baltimore. He actually played with New England for a while. And they were on a playoff run again because that's what they do. And Thomas sat down and he was all pissed off because he didn't make the Pro Bowl. So he was bitching, well, I didn't make the Pro Bowl, it sucks. And Brady looked right at him and was like, dude, we don't fucking worry about Pro Bowls here. We're trying to win Super Bowls. That's the difference. I'm sure it hurt Thomas's feelings, but he's a beta. Tom's the alpha. He's not afraid to tell you some shit that's going to help you. If I jump on your ass in this room as an athlete and you take it personal, you're not very mature and you're not going to last very long because you can't be coached. So Aaron Rodgers isn't wrong. I think that the people that are trying to villainize A-Rod here because he has a standard or he's a prick. I mean, good Lord, man. Do you need a background? Can we get you a sensitivity, uh, like a, a sensitivity training package? At one of these other places, get you like a, a, a dog you can pet that will love you forever. I mean, whatever you need to feel better. Shit. All right, so moving forward. <clears throat> All right, Jack Del Rio uh, comes out and says that don't be surprised if Russell Wilson gets traded by the deadline that he set, which is the 15th, tax day. Okay, now. Now, that said, if the Seahawks were to trade Russell Wilson just because he wants to be paid like a, 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 like a starting quarterback, I think that is the most ridiculous shit on earth. And if they do it, they deserve to be at the pit of despair that they're going to be in. You do not let quarterbacks that have taken you to back-to-back Super Bowls with a great defense and running game, I know, but he was still the quarterback. They won one, beat Peyton Manning, and he was one bad call about beat, from beating Tom Brady, and then there's two Super Bowls, and maybe the team doesn't break up so fast. You can't get rid of that guy, and if they do want to get rid of him, why not the Broncos, the first ones in line, be like, here, you can take Flacco. We just got him, but you can take him. It doesn't matter that they just got him. They have his rights. Trade his ass again. Take Flacco for the year to bridge the quarterback that you want to bring in in the draft and give us Russell and your second, and we'll roll. And then we pay Russell Wilson, and I guarantee you, that would make me happy. That would make John Elway happy, and that will solidify the, the quarterback position. If Russell Wilson is available and we're not going after him, what in the Sam hell are we doing? Holy shit, we've got to be crazy. We have to go after Russell Wilson. You have to. You can't not bring that guy in. Come on, man. It's not like he, he, those dudes don't just grow on trees now. You can't just go find Russell Wilson somewhere and be, oh, shit, we found him last time. We'll find him again. Nah, man. They struck gold when they brought in Russell Wilson, bro. They struck literal gold. A third-round pick turns into this. Shit. You got to figure out a way to get this kid if he's available. Now, 
I don't know if he's going to be or not. But since Jack Del Rio said that on NFL Network, there's been a whole lot of rumblings. People are, people, no one's come out and said, hey, it's not going to happen. There's no way we're trading Russell. No one's came out and said that shit. I haven't heard that once. So let me just remind you, in the National Football League, where there is smoke, there is most definitely fire. So don't be surprised if Russell Wilson is not playing for the Seattle Seahawks moving forward and if he ends up somewhere else. Now, that would be absolutely crazy, but you know what? It's the way of the National Football League. So we shall see. Okay, so Denver picks at 10, all right? Now, there's a lot of speculation about what the Denver Broncos want to do and how they want to do it. Um, I truly believe that the Broncos are in a great position right now to bolster their defense because the, I think the white kid is going to be there at 10, and the, the middle linebacker from LSU is special now. I mean, he's got some pop. He won the buckets. He's sideline to sideline. And if you can combine, you know, Chubb and Vaughn and, uh, you know, the white kid at middle linebacker with a, with a hungry Todd Davis is going on the second year of his new contract, you know, and we can get some really quality three-technique play from Derek Wolf, and he can uh, kind of have a little rejuvenation, I really think that the Broncos defense could be what I think it could be. You know, I'm sitting here watching uh, Cincinnati and Denver from last year. So, you know, I'm sitting here in the studio, sitting here in the studio recording episode 34 or 33 of McChesney Unchained, watching Cincinnati and Denver last year and, and you know, trying to figure out who would be best for the Broncos to draft. Is it a defensive lineman? Is it a quarterback? So on and so forth. And it really comes down to this. At number 10, you pick best available. And White is that guy. If you bring him in and you can build around him, soon you, you can never have enough fast freaks on defense. And adding another guy like that to, to learn behind Vaughn and Chubb and these unbelievable talents we have, I think it could be a, a way to kind of have three points, a middle linebacker foundation and two defensive players on the edges that funnel everything to him. And you, you're in a position where you can really, really, really start putting extreme pressure on people when you play them. So, if you're going to do that, and you're going to take a defensive player at 10, if, if it's the best three technique available or the middle linebacker white from LSU, that's fine. But you've got to figure out the Chris Harris thing. It kind of bothers me that they went out and signed Kareem Jackson and they signed the Callahan kid from the Bears. Not the signings, not the fact that they got bread. It's the fact that they're not paying Chris Harris Jr. He should have been the first guy signed. And honestly... I didn't really think about that the last time we talked about this, but if I'm Chris, I'm not going to work either. Why would I? You just paid two other guys that haven't been here. I helped you win a ring. He's done nothing but play ball since he walked in. He's making eight and a half million next next year. Josh Norman makes fifteen. Norman is not two times better than Harris. I'd say Harris is two times better than Norman. So I think that figuring out a way, okay, to get Chris Harris Jr. paid is paramount. It is super, super, super important. And if you don't figure it out, it's going to be a point of contention all year, and it's just another way for people to say, oh, there you go, the Broncos not paying their vets again. They're going to let you walk. The Broncos aren't going to pay you. They're going to let you walk. They're going to develop you and let you walk. And they have done that in the past. They've also signed guys. It goes both ways. It's never one way or the other. It's never as good as you think it is, and it's damn sure never as bad. 
looking at the offense, I think they need help on the offensive line, but they I don't know if they need body help. I think they need developmental help, and they need to stay healthy. There's a, a huge concern about the interior. I'm telling you right now, I work with so many of these cats, and they are motivated professionals. Connor McGovern is going to be extremely good at center. He's going to be great. He is motivated to prove people wrong. He has a huge chip on his shoulder from the day he walked in, this motherfucker. And I think he's going to be a great player for the Broncos moving forward. I think Sam Jones is going to compete at that guard position with Austin Slotman, with Ron Leary, you know, uh, with whoever they bring in in the draft, which they will. They're definitely bringing guys in. There's going to be a nice battle for jobs. You know, Ron being healthy, can he stay healthy? I hope he can. Is Elijah Wilkinson a guard or a tackle? Elijah's a really strong, big, long arm son bitch. He's a good football player, man. I love working with him in here. He's very motivated to improve. You know, he's got everyone's got something to fix. Every single player. The difference is, are they trying to fix it or are they in Vegas? Are they taking advantage of the offseason or is the offseason taking advantage of them? That's really the, the point. The Broncos can be as good as they want to be, but their division is stacked and they're getting better. We've got to improve as well. We can't linger. Do you have to let it? Linger, linger. So look, it, it, I don't really care who they pick at 10 because last year the best player on the team was undrafted, Phil Lindsay. So it's all about how they develop them. Lauren Landau is one of the best strength coaches and movement professionals in the business. He's going to have them ready to play physically. The new coaching staff bringing in Chris Cooper and Mike Munchek is, oh my God, it's going to be huge. I love hearing about the changes and what they're doing and how they're doing it from the guys because we talk about it constantly. We're in here on Tuesday doing 90 minutes of film and board work trying to figure out the little intricacies. They give you the information. What you do with it is your choice. Again, in the age of information, if you're ignorant, it's a choice. So, Looking at the Broncos, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they move up if they really identify someone they love or it's a quarterback. I also wouldn't be surprised if they move back to accumulate more picks. To be honest with you, the top two guys I want them to draft are Dalton Reisner and Caleb Wilson. Caleb is a great pass-catching tight end from UCLA who left early and should have. And I, I think adding two guys like that would be fantastic because I think Dalton can play tackle guard and center. And I know him. I know he works hard. I know Caleb can do multiple things, and he's going to be. If you thought Julius Thomas was a matchup nightmare, wait until you see Caleb, Caleb Wilson in the NFL if, if he's used correctly. He he's a hundred catch tight end if he's if he gets the ball right. Remember, Kelsey was a third rounder, so you can find diamonds in the rough. There are so many good football players that are going to go undrafted, i.e., Phil Lindsay. So let's stop being enamored with just the shiny, you know, the shiny dick that is the draft. Who gives a shit? Focus on each individual player that they draft, how they're going to be developed. You know, are they going to be pushed to improve or are they going to be pushed to make a team? There's two different things. Making a team, they, they exhale. Oh, I made the team. Oh, I'm, I, I'm done. No, we're pushing you to improve. And if you're good enough, you'll make the team. Keep getting better every day so you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror and regret not working. This is episode 33, and that's a fucking wrap. I am your host, Matt McChesney, on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Thank you to everybody uh, at BSN for doing their job and busting their ass and providing an, an incredible platform uh, to cover your Mile High sports and really sports all over the country. Uh, Brandon Spano, uh, Ryan Kay, you guys are the shit. Andre, you're the shit. Uh, thank you so much for everything. 
Thank you to Wearbands and NeuroXPF. Thank you to the Dungeon Family for working hard. Remember, check out everything at 60Academy on Twitter and Instagram, and then at 60Strength.com on the internet. They'll give you all your information on the program and what we do. This is uh, episode 33 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am your host, Matt McChesney. That is a wrap. Thanks, folks.